We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Your Welcome Radio. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, founder of Coachable. I'm a corporate dropout, recovering people pleaser, turn online entrepreneur, speaker, and self-love junkie. And each week, I bring you a thought or a guest to help you get inspired, stay connected, and slay your fear dragons. So get ready to thank yourself for listening, because you're welcome here. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Your Welcome Radio. I am so freaking excited to be here this week. Um, I've got two really big names in the house, TV celebrities from ABC's The Bachelorette and Paradise Island, Eric Biggers and Chris Rendon. They, you guys, you know, they were kind of propelled to stardom, by the way, of Bachelor Nation, but they're also deep thinkers and they're dedicated to self-development. And that's what we do here on this, this podcast. But these two have co-authored a book and a masterclass, which just launched We're going to be talking all about that today, about how to change your mindset, change your energy, change your life, and really try, they're trying to help people just like I am, get out of depression, out of their heads, and really back into your body and back into experiencing life to the fullest, especially during these crazy times of COVID and everything that's happening in our nation right now. So welcome, Chris, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I'm excited. This is, um, this is nice because... We don't get opportunities this many times to really dig deep and have some deep layer conversations. Everything's always surface level. So it's going to be fun to pick each other's brains and, um, you know, have some deep conversations. Yeah, that's exactly what we do here. So you're in the right place for that. Um, Tell me this, just to get us started, what made you decide to link up together? Give us listeners some background on your friendship and how you guys decided to co-author a book about mindset of all things, especially given people's perception of who you are on reality TV. I'll let Eric tell the story because he always, he always tells the story. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how yeah. we, uh, we, kind um, of inter- we intertwined on Paradise. So like yeah, so Bachelor in Paradise, summer 2018. 18, I'm sorry. Uh, I met Chris. Chris was from uh, Becca season right uh in of the batch rat and i didn't know none of the guys on on that season because they weren't on my season but i met him in paradise so anyway we had a moment where we talked about personal development self-help 
And he's like, what, bro? Like, I, know, I know that business. I know that world. I can help you. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Like, I'm going to help you. So make a long story short, you know, this amazing human being fell in love, you know, did his thing. And uh, fast forward to now, we was in a pandemic. We had all this time. And I'm like, man. He's like, E, let's do something. I'm like, okay, what do we do? He's like, let's create something. Let's help people. I'm like, all right. And then from there, it just kind of, you know, took off. And here we are with a new book, uh, Mindset Evolutions Academy. The book is Change Your Mindset, Change Your Energy, and Change Your Life. But you know, what's funny is that when, she asked, when you asked the question, the first thing that popped up in my mind, Chris, I don't remember if you remember the uh, the episode or the uh, credits where you say you were goat cheese, right? <laughs> and you say, E, what cheese are you? I said, I'm cheddar. I'm always trying to get better. And the theme of that season for our show was move with the cheese. It's a book, a self-help book. And basically that's what we did over this pandemic in these three months, these 90 days, we moved with the cheese and we helped each other become better, but also for the greater good of humanity. And we have a book, a workbook to help people change their mindset, change their energy, change their life. So that's the synopsis of how it all happened. Thankful for 2018. And uh, Chris is like a brother, you know, from another. So I'm happy to be in business with him. Um, he's a phenomenal individual, strong, he's intelligent. And um, he knows how to execute. He likes to get things done. And I like people who get it done. And with him, he makes it happen. So it makes business and life easy when it comes to that. So. There's, cool. there's a little, there's a little more to that. I think um, the the behind it is we got on the phone one day, and you know, obviously we're all going through things, right? Because it's coronavirus, it's new to us. We're being told what to do. Isolation, you know, an idle mind is a devil's playground, right? And you know, you can start thinking thoughts that aren't necessarily true. Fear is a created thought. And for me personally, you know, uh, I was expressing to Eric that. I've gone through anxiety, depression. I kind of know those triggers and know what would come, uh, you know, if this, you know, stay-at-home order held true and it would be prolonged for a period of time. And so I was like, Eric, let's just get on a document, a Google document, and let's just start writing, right? And each day we would just write and write and write. And and as each day went by, we would have different layers and we would get deeper into kind of uh, expressing ourselves as far as our routines as far as the ex exercises and methodologies that we apply to our own daily life. And then we kind of understood the direction of where we wanted to go. We knew that if this is helping us, it could definitely help so many other people because it's, it's like a radical shift in your life. And, you know, weeks on weeks later, we looked at the document. I'm like, oh my God, we literally created a book and now we got to like take it next level. And from there, it was just, boom, we were just 14 hours a day. It felt like, like just FaceTime, 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 writing down. But the big thing behind that is, we had an idea and we made it become real. Mm -hmm. And so that's something where a lot of people struggle with. And even during these times is ideas don't mean anything unless you actually apply it to live application. And so, you know, just take it from us is, you know, we're not writers or, or authors, but we knew that there was something that we could do to, to you know, create a radical shift. And, and that can hold true to anyone is if you step outside of your comfort zone and, and just, take that idea and take action, beautiful things can happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, my life, when I look back on all the things that I'm really proud of, it started with making a decision and then taking action. 
And so just like you guys, I can, I think that's so awesome. The like creative process that y'all went through to, to just come up with strategies that were helping you that ultimately evolved into a product that you could offer people as not just a service and a product, but they could like totally revolutionize how they're experiencing their own reality here and now. And one thing that you just said that really sticks out to me is about integrating the things that we know into action, because there's, it's one thing to know something in your mind. Like, I know I need to have a morning routine, or I know I need to be more mindful or, you know, it's another thing to practice it. So tell me more about your own, you know, story of how did you come to know and apply these practices and principles um, in your own life? Like what, what has been your personal development journey? Because it's, I mean, we're all on one. Um, but when did you start to really become conscious that, that you needed, um, you know, these strategies in your own life and that you not just needed them, but that you wanted to practice it? Um, for me, uh, so I grew up not, you know, uh, I had a lot of friends, but I was relatively big, right? Like I weighed like almost 300 pounds. I was like 287, pretty big, a hundred pounds more than what I weigh now. Just put it that way. And, um, with that comes a lack of confidence with that comes self-doubt. Um, you compare yourself to others, um, and you start creating these raw images of who you really are and what you look like. Um, and as time went on, uh, obviously, I, I made a, a change because uh, in summer of my senior year of high school, um, all my boys were dating, they were going out with girls, and I felt as if I was missing out. And I knew that the big component was my weight, right? Because I was friends with all the girls, but obviously, I just wasn't attractive. And so I knew I had to make a change. Um, it was gonna be uncomfortable, but I had to stop eating processed foods, I had to start, you know, generating um, a life of, of health and wealth just based on exercise and eating nutrition. Um, but with that also then translated into starting to become fixated on what I look like, right? You're not good enough. You're not ever good enough. And that, you know, a uh, spiral of uh, just self-doubt really created a lot more anxiety within myself because obviously there was just never going to be a time where I loved myself. There was just never going to be a time where I was happy with who I was. Um, and over time, you start to understand that you're just becoming detrimental with your thoughts. Your thoughts become your reality. So my reality was based on what I was thinking. We kind of talk about that in the book. Um, and, you know, if you continue to put out into the universe that I don't look good, I'm not as good as him, I'm not, a, I'll never get that job, like I'm not skilled, that will be your reality. And um, I learned that as I was starting to, you know, coming out of college, and I was starting to work and, and really understanding the power of calming the mind, meditation, um, saying nice things to myself, like you look good, like today's gonna be a great day, like no matter what, just hyping myself up. And I became my own hype man, right? And there, there are different things where you can help yourself, you know, um, Eric talks about a lot is the pattern disrupt, right? Like the pattern, your thoughts, and you can disrupt it right away. If you're thinking so negative, then all of a sudden, like I scare you, or like I say something funny, and you're like, what? Like it throws you off. You, you completely change your, your way of thinking. Um, so that's been something that's really been key to me, especially with anxiety, because I would have issues with my heart. I would go to the cardiologist. I would go to the doctors. There's a thing called psychosomatic, right? Where you have your, your, you're feeling things based on your thoughts. And a lot of people who feel sick, 
I'm sick. I don't feel good today. That's exactly how you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. So over time, you start to understand as you grow and, and, and you develop, you become more in tune with yourself and you become more in tune with your thoughts. And obviously your thoughts and your mind and your, the words that come out of your mouth are one of your most powerful weapons in life. And you know that's something that we really kind of emphasize on in the book um, to help people understand that you are in control of your mind, not letting your mind control you. Y'all hear that? I've been telling you for weeks. Now you're hearing it from these guys. So if you didn't hear it from me, you know, maybe it'll land now. That's so good. Yeah, you know, thoughts become things. And what you believe is real. And I think in life, you know, we have to get to a point where we take a chance on ourselves. Meaning, you know, if you don't take chances, you can't get advances. If we just would have sat at home and like, you know what? We have this idea we didn't take action. It wouldn't be a reality. So for me growing up, it was just self-worth. You never, I never thought I was worthy enough. Always would give to my friends because I didn't get that love and care from my parents. Like mom was a single mom. My dad was doing his thing. He was a, you know, provider, not a guider. And my mom didn't really give me the emotional support I needed at the time. So it made me feel like, okay, I'm not important. So I'm going to put myself last. I'm going to put everybody else first. So when I did that, I knew what I was giving and what I was doing for my friends and people around me, but I didn't know who I were. I, 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 I was just like, who am I? And over time, as I got older, people would tell me like, oh man, you're great, you helped me. And I still just had this blind spot where I just wasn't aware of what I was giving or what I was doing or the impact that I was having in people's lives. And so when I moved to LA at 22, fresh out of college, um, I moved to LA with $1,000, you know, and... I slept on a couch for a year, paying $500 a month, someone I met on Craigslist. I was like, okay, I have this degree. I graduated with honors. My first job was making $8 an hour at a sneaker store. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Started reading books, right? Think and grow rich, as a man think of, the secret. And once I started reading those books and applying those things in there, my life started changing, I started evolving. I'm like, oh my God, and Tony Robbins, Oprah, Bob Proctor, uh, Murray Morrissey, you know, all these great individuals. Mm-hmm. I was studying transcendental meditation, uh, affirmation, gratitude statements, you know, and just working on myself, you know, like I tell Chris and people all the time, the hardest work we're doing in life is on ourselves. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I went on TV that I was like, wow, this is so surreal. Now I'm able to see the light that everybody's been seeing this entire time. And TV honestly forced me to receive because my biggest neglected challenge was not receiving from people. Mm-hmm. I was great at giving, but I couldn't receive. So over time, I'm like, how did I get here? I was like, oh my God. I became motivation. I became positivity. I became enthusiasm. I became inspiration because I was studying it and I was in it every single day. So, you know, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but I said I have a spiritual advisor here in L.A. And like a year ago, she told me, she said, Eric, made it out. You became someone. You did all these amazing things. You got to go back and give that information to the people. I didn't know how I was going to do that. She's like, just get on YouTube. Just speak. Just do something. And this book is a representation of all those experiences, those books, those seminars, that education, all put into, you know, a method that we created together and now we're here. So I always say information changes situations. And if people have the right information, if they're mindful and have the awareness and they have faith and belief, they can make it. Mm. 
but we put so much emphasis on what we don't have and we can't get more because we focus on the wrong things. So it just feels good to be at this point in my life with someone like Chris, who's very intelligent and knows the back end of setting up a business and doing things and also have the knowledge and the expertise to make these things happen. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's just from challenges, struggle, experiences, wisdom, and just really understand who am I, right? And I think that's what the book does. It forces you to look within. Why do I have these thoughts? Why do I believe this? Who told me that? Why can't I think I'm amazing? Like, where's those thoughts coming from? This book, this book allows you to get to the root of that behavior of yourself, of not believing and thinking you're not great enough for whatever you want, so... It's powerful. You, yeah, so powerful. You, you guys just touched on so many things I want to dive into. And I am like, shit, we don't have a ton of time. Um, but one thing you said, which is about like learning how to receive. And one thing it just kind of came to my mind is like, we accept the love we think we deserve. And, and we teach people how, so wherever we are in our, our, journey of self-love and self-acceptance and worthiness, like you said, is a matter of even if someone like walks into our life and is the best, like everything that we could possibly want and they want to love us, if we don't think we deserve it and we're worthy of it, we'll block it out. And then another thing that you said is this just this big question of who am I? Like, and I think the first law of spirit and my and first law of change is this awareness. We can't be held accountable for something we don't even know is happening or that we're we're unconscious of. So what you guys are doing and what we're I think together trying to do on our platforms and through this book is bring awareness to people of their selves so that they can look inward and be conscious because we can't change something we're not conscious of, right? And so this idea of who am I requires us to look at our stories, the stories that have been running our lives, the belief systems and the patterns and the habits that we're, we were unconscious of. If we can start to bring light to these things and be like, why do I think that about myself? Why do I think that, you know, I just have to be the giver or why do I just have the pattern of like giving my energy away to all these other people, but it's hard for me to receive and get curious about it instead of making it wrong, let it inform you know, the conversation, internal dialogue instead of making us wrong. Because I think what most people do is they go to, you know, they think about how they're feeling and they're like, oh, they make all these judgments about it, right? And I do, you know, similarly, what you guys are teaching, teach about how our thoughts inform our feelings, which are inform our actions. Therefore, we get the results that we get and we live in these patterns. So how do you guys in your own lives and then in the things that you teach help people to, you know, get curious about their own belief systems and those like unconscious biases and the, the patterns, like how do how do you go about helping people to realize, Hey, there's, there's more to this. And you might want to question some of these things that are, are popping up in your life. Uh, we have each, so it's four phases right? And each phase is circulated around for them to really grow within themselves. But what we do is we really put exercises out there throughout the entire workbook for them to challenge themselves, to get uncomfortable, to ask themselves questions that they maybe have never even asked them themselves. But also furthermore is 
to really figure out who they are, their identity. Um, a lot of times we go through life pleasing others. We do things for other people, but we're never really doing things for ourselves. And uh, I think that this book gives yourself a foundation to really create the life that you want, right? Um, a lot of people don't realize how much power they have. Uh, and if you really understand yourself and know what you want and, and you actually can identify who you are, you can reclaim your power and, and you can dictate how you want to go ahead and live the rest of your life. And so I think that the exercise is really dig deep and allow yourself to get in tune with yourself, really kind of get in an alignment with your soul, with your spirit, with your mindset. And being in alignment allows you to thrive. It allows you to attract the things that you want in your life. So I would probably say that that would allow, or it enables people um, to really take life by the horn and and control their own destiny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that I mean, that's well said, Chris, because I think not only that, I think it's very simple. Questions lead to answers and answers lead to epiphanies. And from there, magic happens. Because if you're asking yourself the right questions, instead of disempowering questions, you're asking empowering questions. How do I get better? You know, how do I feel about myself? Do I love myself? And you get to the root of where your answers are coming from, then you'll understand like, oh, that was put on me by my mom or my sibling or my partner or the job I'm in or, you know, the TV. So questions, I think we don't ask the right questions. Like, how are you feeling today? How's your heart? Do you love yourself? Or we have an exercise where you got to hug yourself in the mirror for like two minutes, <laughs> right? You know, or you got to scream out loud and say, I'm amazing, I'm powerful, right? And it sounds weird, it sounds crazy, but you're actually shocking your nervous system and getting yourself out of yourself into a higher self to like, wow, I feel great. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like medicine for the soul. But if you don't have those tools, how can you really get to that place in life where you feel free? And like Chris said, we want people to reclaim their power and feel free and be all they can be for themselves first before they can be anything for anyone else. So, mm. yeah, that's so it. So good. So good. You know, you guys talk about this, uh, you know, this concept of who am I and getting to know ourselves so that we can change our life and change our energy and change our mind. Because one of the things I say is we can't have peace in our relationship. We can't have peace in our finances. We can't have peace in our our career, if we're at war in our minds, right? If we're at war internally, everything else is going to be a reflection. And the same way, Chris, you said this, like our thoughts become things and we, what we think about becomes our experience of ourselves and of reality. And so I'm curious in terms of, of identity and how easily we can take on, because when I ask my clients this question, who are you? So many people are like, I'm a, I'm a white woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, all the labels, right, that we slap on. I'm a celebrity, I'm on The Bachelor, I'm blah, blah, blah. You're a, you're, you're a fuckboy, you're this, you're that, you're all the things that we get labeled. And then we think that's who we are, Right. And then we don't know ourselves outside of if I strip business owner away from you, if I strip, you know, TV star away from you, if I strip motherhood away, who am I out, outside of all of that and get to the core? So 
I'm curious, like, have you, especially in your time on TV and being propelled into like the spotlight and stuff found that even if it wasn't you, people try to pigeon you, pigeonhole you into certain identities and ways of, you know, being, thinking that one side of you is just all that you are. And how do you both go about trying to overcome um, those, those stereotypes? I think it's, I think it's tough. Um, Perception is reality Mm -hmm. in this world. And with social media and TV and what people see is what they believe. Uh, unfortunately. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because I, I, me and Eric have been going over this for a, a, quite a little bit now is we like to live a life of truth. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of deceit. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of fabrications out there. A lot of people are just living in, in, in a life filled with lives, uh, lies, excuse me. And living in a life of truth for me personally is not allowing the perception of others to be my reality, to not allow external things affect me internally. There's a lot of things I can't control in this world. There's a lot of things going on that I will never have control over. And that's okay, because that's not my issue. My issue is within me, my own life and and how I think and how I feel. And as long as I'm on a positive vibration, and as long as I'm keeping true to myself, I mean, that's really one of the keys to life. So the perception of others and the stereotypes is you can take accountability. And and let's just say, you know, for example, didn't have a good experience on a show and it led to negative connotations of who I was. Is that, did that affect me? Absolutely. 100%. Did I let that perception become my reality? A lot for sure. I think for the first year off the show, maybe even more, um, I lived a life and believed I was who others said that I was. And it took away time for myself. It took away time of me being happy. It took away time of me just living in positivity and living in a great life. So the, the, the issue is, is it's so much easier to believe people's perceptions because it's negative. Negative is easier to feel more than positivity. It, it, why? Because we're surrounded by negativity way more than positive. Where are the positive stories in today's generation? All we see is negativity. So because it's easily accessible, the negativity, because it's so much easier to feel the pain, we gravitate to that more. So teaching yourself and and, and knowing how to feel the good is, is really the battle of knowing that to have that windshield wiper mentality of blocking away those negative thoughts and blocking away that perception. So that way your reality is, is, is what you want it to be, not what others want it to be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's powerful because, you know, I like, you know, and I think this book will help people understand that you have to gravitate to the intangibles about yourself and not the tangible things about yourself. You know, I, I refer to that question that you said at the beginning, like if you take a child away, you get divorced, you lose your job, who are you? Right. And a lot of people don't know, even a lot of athletes and a lot of people, they suffer from post-traumatic syndrome. No matter if it's war or it's sports, that identity crisis of who am I? And I think this why this book and just self-work and self-development is so important because my and my and my 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 intentions is that I don't want anything to have power over me. No money, no fame, no relationship, no words. 
I don't want anything to have power over me. But at the same time, I do understand that people go off what they see and not what they know. So, you know, I'll give you guys a story. Uh, Chris, I might have related this to you a while ago, but when I first got to L.A. at 22 years old, 2010, uh, it's a guy from Baltimore named Frank Crosby. He was a barber for a big, big, big black celebrity. <clears throat> and he told me, he said, young man, listen to me. He said, you're a good looking brother. You got your head on right. But what, what I, I don't want you to do is get caught up in black Hollywood. So in my mind, I'm like, what is he talking about? He was like, he said, yes, you're African-American, you're a black man. But he said, understand this. You're a human being before you're anything. So don't gravitate to, you know, black Hollywood and what that means to that world. You're a human being. So at 22, I'm like, hmm, interesting. So what I realized over my span in LA and in life, every label has a mindset. Every, every label has a mentality. You know, so when we say I'm a black man or when we say I'm a white woman or whatever it is, I'm an athlete, that carries a vibration, that carries a mentality, that carries a mindset that we don't even know. But it's energy because it, that's, that's what I believe. So I like to consider myself, you know, a universal human being. Yes, I'm black. Yes, I'm African-American, a person of color, but that's not all who I am. That's just how some people might perceive me, but I don't have to feel that and believe that within me. So whatever I feel, if I'm, you know, you know, a spirit of higher consciousness that's helping the world evolve and develop, that's the energy I'm going to bring to the table, no matter what color my skin, no matter what my background is, right? We all have life, we all have a heart, mind, and emotions, and we get to choose who we want to be and what we want to believe. But a lot of times, labels are forced down our throats, force on us. You're a black woman, you're a white woman, you're middle class, you're poor. It's like, stop, no, no, I don't have to choose that. I don't have to be that. But a lot of people, they don't know how to get out of that because it's, it's given every day. COVID-19, pandemic, this, that, this. And you become what you think about and become what you believe and you become what you see. So how can you be anything different if you don't have the awareness or you're not mindful enough to say, hold on, I don't have to choose that reality. I don't have to do that. So mm -hmm. that's why I think the intangibles of life is so important. You know, forget the bank, what you got in your bank account, forget the car you drive, forget the person you in love with, forget the career you have. Who are you when things are bad? Who are you when things are tough? You know, are you as positive, E? Are you as motivated? So I think when you get to the root of your soul and gravitate to that, nothing really bothers or bothers you or shaking you in the inside because you know, like, all things are temporary. Yeah. So you can get caught up in those things. But Well, and I think this is why your book and Masterclass and everything is so timely because I think collectively what we're experiencing with COVID um, and this pandemic is it's showing us where we've put our hope and trust and peace and freedom. Like, is it in the bank account? Is it in the career? Is it in the relationship? Is it in our health? Is it in our, you know, our body? And seeing that those things can be taken from us. So is my peace and my freedom in something outside of me? Because if my worth, if any of the, my freedom is designated on, like, based on what I have or what I do, like you talked about an athlete, I have so many friends who, when they got hurt or when they got cut, they didn't know what to do with themselves, right? Who am I? 
but, and now my, my experience and my happiness is, is crumbling when my life circumstances change, right? When the amount of money I make changes when I get, you know, and so that's why I think people live on this, this like hamster wheel of life of like, when I get the job, when I get the girl, when I get, then I'll be happy, but then they get it. And then there's something else. And so these intangibles of can my peace and my freedom and my joy come from a place that's like not indicative and not dependent on my circumstance, but is transcendent of them. That to me, when I talk about true happiness, true happiness Peter Crone says, Peter Crone says, is the absence of the pursuit of happiness. When we're not in pursuit of something that we think will fill us, we can be filled with what we have. So I was going to say, uh, there's a thing in life that really hurts all of us and it's expectations, mm -hmm. right? Because we think if we have this, we'll be happier. Then we get it. We're not happier. We think if my current situation changes, then I'll be happier, right? All these different expectations that set you up for failure. So like, there's this affirmation that I always like to talk about, because I think it's important to everyone in, 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 in each other's lives is um, change not thy circumstances, change me. Your, your circumstances, your environment, your life won't change unless you change yourself. Yeah. And once well, you're able to do that, then you'll see change happen for the change that you actually want. And it's not forced. And that's powerful because you read my mind, Chris, because I have the same, I had the same affirmation at the top of my head, just in a different way. It said, man is willing to change his circumstances, but he's not willing to change himself. Right. And to go off of, we live in expectation instead of appreciation. Like, I don't expect, you know, Tori to, you know, to blast out podcasts. I appreciate this platform to utilize our products and ourselves for her audience. I'm in appreciation. I'm not in expectation. So when we live in appreciation, we actually get more out of life because we're not putting no intentions on what we think should happen. You should love me like this. You should give me this. I've earned that. I'm entitled. It's like, no, just appreciate gratitude. Thank you. And you'll be surprised how much more you, yeah, how much more you get, how far, how much further people will go on your behalf. And something that you talk about a lot, Eric, is like, it's miracle season. It's miracle season. Yeah. And my definition of a miracle is a shift in perception. <laughs> That's how I define a miracle. If you've ever read A Course in Miracles. Yeah. yeah. And um, so anytime we are able to like distance ourselves from the way we think, see things and see from somebody else's point of view or get this aha moment or the light comes on for somebody, which y'all are doing with this platform, which is amazing. And you will never be able to quantify that, you know, and how much that touches people because this work, it's hard to measure, you know, like how much you're really changing people. But that's a miracle. Every time somebody is like, oh man, that's me. I see that. Let me, you know, this now changes how I'm going to interact with myself and, and people in my life. It's, it's massive. And we just can't understand how much of a ripple effect that will have on our world and the communities that we live in. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's powerful because that's how I got my miracle on the show of falling in love because my perception changed or what love, what I thought love was. 
Mm. And I'm like, oh, I literally had an aha moment when that moment happened. So tell because, me about that. What was your idea well, so, of love and then how did it shift? At the end of the show, like, you know, fantasy suites, you know, I met the parents. What happened was the therapist was telling me, like, you're fighting love. You're, you're not trying to let it happen. Like, you're fighting it. And so my spirit was telling me, Eric, surrender. Just surrender to love. Like, let it in. Like, let it happen. So the challenge was when I was telling, you know, Rachel at the time, I love you. I was using these filler words. I love you. I care about you. Like, I was doing this, like, relax. Just say the word. But I was so afraid of not to hear it back and rejection. So I was just covering up anything after I love you. We're in Spain. I said, I love you. And I paused. And I was like, oh. and something literally left my spirit. Like, I was like, oh. like in my mind, I did it. That was the miracle for me to fall in love for the first time. It wasn't about ending up with the girl. I got my miracle, but I had to go through a metamorphosis of, changing myself, right? As we talk about in the book, I was challenged, it was tough, it was, it was adversity, but I was willing to change. And I always say, if you're willing to change, you're willing, you have the willingness to succeed. And I fell in love, that was the miracle. The next day, my producer like, you gotta do B-roll? I was like, I don't care what I gotta do. I'm, I'm in love, I feel great. And it wasn't this big old thing that I had in my mind or what I was gonna feel, it was just very subtle, but powerful, like, like peace, like it was, I was like, wow, that's the miracle. So a miracle is anything worth having if you're willing to go through the circumstances to get it. When a baby is born, you know, the mind's go through nine months, right? Mm-hmm. A miracle comes out. Mm-hmm. There's a metamorphosis, you know, transformation process that happens before that baby comes. So what are you willing to go through or get through to get your miracle? Yeah. When you were just telling that story, I don't know why in my mind I had this like image of like a closed fist or an open hand. Yeah. And sometimes we just go around life, like fighting life, just yeah. like battling, just but on defense, like just surviving. And that's when our, you know, our <laughs> immune system are like all of our life. We're just in fight or flight all the time. And we don't know how to receive and we don't know. And yeah. because we're like this, and then this surrender and this acceptance is like, now I'm open and I'm available to the, to all that life has for me. And that is, I mean, it is a miracle um, when we're able to like stop being in resistance to the way things are, because I think that's what creates so much suffering is these expectations of thinking we know how things should be. Right. And when they aren't there, we're like, oh, that's painful. Oh, that, that hurts because it didn't work out the way I think it's supposed to work out. And instead, we're not like, hmm. One thing I say for people who are like always struggling with the past and like, like it should be a different way. We've got all this resistance to the way life is, which causes us to be in pain. And I say it couldn't be any other way or it would be. Mm. <laughs> That's strong. We got a right yeah. there. moment. <laughs> right? Because if if it was meant to be another way, it would be that way. And so that means there's something for me here and now. That means there's something for me in this present reality. That means that there's something that I'm not seeing, that there is a perception change, like that I can be excited to be here instead of wishing I was over there. 
or wishing, you know, thinking that I could have done things differently, or if I'd only said this or, you know, whatever, instead of like, and I don't know if that hits home for anybody listening or, or what, but that's something I always go back to when I, when I think about thinking about the shoulds, um, in life. I saw, I saw, uh, an energy healer last week Mm. and, um, I, I had, I had a question on, why do I have all these opportunities that always come my way? And a lot of the times I always come up short uh, and they're not actually what they turn out to be. And her response was that, um, or what the guides were saying, you know, for anyone who is out there that believes in this, I do. So, you know, this is something, this is something that I like, but um, she said, there's nothing wrong. Everything's actually happening the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. And when I heard that, I realized that it's true because my expectation is just setting me up for failure. But if I allow it to just happen the way that it is, things will come to fruition. Things will manifest if I just believe in it. Yeah. So good. So good. I love that. Um, Okay. I know we're running out of time. I have a couple questions if y'all still have time, but if not, we can wrap it up. Okay. One is about masculinity. (laughs) How do you think it's portrayed like on TV, on the show, just this idea, like this old paradigm of what a man should be, quote unquote. I think Eric, you touched on a little bit about like provider and that kind of thing. And what is this new I think there is like a new conscious masculinity that is rising up that I want to really bring attention to. And you guys are part of this revolution of what does it truly mean to be, uh, you know, embody masculinity in all the right, powerful, beautiful ways. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Man, that's, I mean, the first person that kind of put it in those terms in that context I mean, the show allowed me to embrace my masculinity, but also my fem- my feminine side as well, my more vulnerable side. And I think it's in the new masculinity in my eyes is balance, mm-hmm. where I can be a man, I can be strong, I can, you know, give, but I can say, I can receive and say, I don't know this, or I'm not comfortable doing that, or I just need a hug. I just mm-hmm. need love. I don't want to make all the decisions. Can you help me? I'm sorry, I apologize. Please forgive me. I'm traumatized. So I have that, you know, mm-hmm. where you can be honest about what you're really going through and what you've been through and how you're feeling, but also at the same time, show up for yourself and others without trying to put on this fake masculinity that I got it all together. I'm strong. I'm militant. I'm a man. But really inside, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking in my mind, I have to be that way because of the public's perception of how I was raised. Yeah. Don't cry. Be strong. Hold it in. Don't let nobody see you sweat. It's like, actually, you know, being weak is strong and being strong is weak. I tell people when you go in the gym, right, you can't just put up, maybe some guys, I can't just go on a bench and put up 225 five times. I got to warm that muscle up. Or maybe you can. But what I'm saying is that when you actually go in the gym for the first time, that's the best time because that's who you really are. I feel like lifting weights is kind of like medicine, right? (laughs) It gives you that pump and your ego's up and you're feeling good. But those muscles come down once you're out after a few hours, right? So whatever your natural body, you know, physique is, that's who you are in the moment. So I think a lot of times we project what we want 
and we neglect what we need. That makes sense? It's like, I got to be this, but I really just need this. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I was hurting. Like, when I was on the show, the show actually was free therapy for me. Like, it healed me. Like, I healed because I was non-acceptance of love from a woman and from myself. Yeah. And when I allow that to come in, I just have that beautiful balance of, like, I can hold it down, but I can take the armor off and say, look, babe, I'm feeling tired today. And, you know, she might say, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, you're balanced and you're not over-exerting yourself because of a perception you have or a thought or a paradigm or a belief that you have to be this. Because me living in that paradigm failed me so many times mm-hmm. and wasn't able to receive. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, masculinity for me, it's an interesting concept because I grew up with all women, right? I didn't grow up with any masculine energy in the household. So uh, I developed understanding of nurture, caring, uh, you know, giving that unconditional love, uh, which I do believe is part of the masculine side. I do also believe that the masculine energy should be the protector at times, but also it's like Eric said, be able to be soft, be able to be vulnerable um, because there are so many people that try to put on that persona, that tough skin, that, that, that shield. Um, but in reality, they're keeping stored trauma within themselves. Um, they're hiding those emotions, they're masking them, and it's only actually causing more of a disruption um, in, in yourselves throughout your body, which can also change who you are and, and makes make you someone that you're really not. Mm-hmm. So I would say the most important thing for me with the masculinity is, is confidence, um, is, is being vulnerable, uh, nurturing and, and caring and supportive, um, and, but also uh, holding yourself accountable. Um, holding yourself accountable to mistakes, holding yourself accountable to uh, decisions that you make and not blaming anyone. I think a lot of people, um, you know, like to blame others. Um, And and I think that that really takes away your masculine side because that means that you're not willing to own up. That means that you're not willing to take accountable or take accountability for your actions. So I I would say that masculine energy, it can be described in so many ways and it can be looked at in so many ways. But I do think that each characteristic plays some sort of vital role um, in the masculine energy field, especially when you have either a lover or, or a partner um, who has a very strong feminine energy or is someone who tries to be masculine. Because if you're in tune with yourself and you know uh, each kind of different characteristic of the masculine energy, you're able to adapt and adjust with your partner. And I think that that's really key too, because you can't have two masculine energies going at it at once you, you at the end of the day you'll 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 blow up so that's kind of how I view it um and yeah masculine energy. no that's so good because I think it takes me into like one of my last questions which is just what is how does all of this fit into current consciously like consciously dating now um, for both of you and have has it been difficult finding was- people that <laughs> that speak this because we're all speaking a certain language here that not everybody you know is going to understand or you know want to have this kind of discussion have you been able to, what does dating like look, look like you know for y'all right now <laughs> yeah, I'll speak I'll speak so go for <laughs> So what, what happens with this new consciousness of a paradigm of, you know, having that balanced masculinity as we're talking about, 
for me, when I'm dating, the women are in shock. They're like, whoa, like you're in tune with yourself. You're honest, you're vulnerable, you're open. Um, you're spiritual, you show up, you're punctual. You're... So it's like confusing. It's like, whoa, hold on, buddy. You might be too much for me right now. Mm-hmm. Or let me pause for a minute because the word I've always heard, you know, since I was young and coming up, you're different. I just never dated anyone like you, right? And, like, and in my mind, like, what are they talking about? Yeah. So over these last three years, I would ask women, like, she was like, I just think you're just very in tune with yourself. You're very honest. You're open. Um, you're not afraid to express how you feel. And I haven't always been like that. But I've noticed that for some women, it's just, it's not their normalcy. So they don't really gravitate, gravitate to it like they want to because it's not comfortable. It's, it's, it's not normal. It's not common. It's like, uh, so it's challenging at times. And uh, for me, it's more about being aware of who I'm talking to, who I'm trying to date or who I'm around, what they're saying, what they're thinking. And I just believe men in my space, at least from the women I attract, is that they're not used to that. These uh, emotionally evolved man who's also dominant and masculine, but also can be vulnerable and free. And it's, it's a lot. And, you know, I think some women want it and some don't. And I also believe some women say they want things and they get it. And like, ah. You know, I have a friend, she, she's brilliant, smart, intelligent, amazing, but she continued to attract and date guys that are not good for her. Mm-hmm. But then there's a guy who's great for her. I don't like him. He's boring. He's not, you know, it's like, yeah. and I feel like some women, it's something with uncertainty in a man or that challenge that makes you want to keep going back. But when it's too good to be true, it's like, I don't want that. Uh, push well, it Well, I think it also goes back to self-worth. And, yeah. you know, we treat we teach people how to treat us mm-hmm. and how we internally are, you know, yeah. treating ourselves. So I think depending on the woman, yeah. um, you know, like you never know what, what's really going on inside. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you don't really, and you don't know their past. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes what I've learned in my history of dating or just in life, that my positivity, my joy, and my life sometimes can be intimidating for some people. Mm-hmm. And they're not ready to accept that or receive that for me. It's like, whoa, it's too much. So it's, it's different. But I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just making me aware of what I want and what I need. Because as much as I want to give mm-hmm. and teach, I also want to receive and learn. So I don't force things. I let things be as they go and as they are and go from there. But it's been different. But it is what it is. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just a real thing. It's like, so is all of that to say that you're single or? <laughs> you ain't go like a dollar. Yeah, this is focus year. You know, this has been a focus on life and career. And if something what happened that's that I'm open to. Yeah. But I'm, my intentions is just to really just build my career, build myself and put out products like this new book and help people and allow the relationship to evolve on its own time, because I believe in timing. Mm. And I feel like for me, when I go after the relationship it doesn't really happen, but when I'm not looking for it, it's like looking at me. Yeah. 
Totally. <laughs> no, I think there's some uh, there's some science to back that up in terms of yeah. vibration and stuff for sure. Cool. Well, y'all y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here, Eric. Tell nobody, Tori. Just tell everybody. <laughs> Chris, let us know what's going on in your world. We are. This has been a very interesting year for me. You know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we are souls. And our souls are reincarcerated. You know, we come back, you know, especially when we leave. I do believe that we come back. And I say this because, obviously, for many that know Bachelor Nation, I did get married. Um, you know, in Bachelor in Paradise. Had an incredible last couple of years, to be honest with you. Uh, however, though, I do believe that relationships at one point do serve a purpose. Um, I do believe in soulmates, but I also do believe in helpmates. And uh, I do believe Crystal was my soulmate, but I also believe that I was here to help her in this life. Um, and I say that is, I feel like the Relationship served its purpose because I was able to show her unconditional love. I was able to show her how to open up her heart um, because she had never had that. And knowing that, you know, this relationship has now um, ended, it allows me to understand that um, it's okay with me. Um, And I've accepted that because my soul feels good um, because I was able to serve that purpose. And you know, this whole year, um, I came back to Florida for a little bit to just regroup, get in shape, change, change a lot about me, right? Um, I haven't talked to one girl, not at all yet. Um, the reason why is because I was going through a stage of not loving myself. And I would do I would be doing a disservice to myself and to someone else if I even tried to enter that sphere. Um, because I wouldn't be able to give all of myself to someone. Um, and it just wouldn't be authentic. So for me, the way that I kind of operate is uh, in order for me to kind of be, uh, you know, in that energetic field, um, I'm an all-in type of guy. So if I'm not, you know, on a full positive vibration, I'm not going to be able to entertain any type of person out there. So I've just been working on myself, working on this book, working kind of on my my visions and, and my passions in life. Um, but I will say, I mean, there will come a time where uh, I hope that I can start you know, interacting and, and meeting some beautiful women who are kind of at a high vibration like I am, and, and I can energetically connect with them. Um, so, and, and, and I'm sure that will come. Um, but as of right now, uh, that's not kind of my primary focus. But in due time, um, you know, I will explore that opportunity when, when it's the right time to do so. Awesome. Well, very, very good to have you guys. I appreciate all that you're doing in the world with your platforms. We could probably go on and on, but I want to respect your time. And um, how can people get connected with you and with the book and the masterclass if they want to participate? Yeah. So uh, mindsetevolutions.com slash change. And then the links are like on our, on our Instagrams, Twitter. Um, You can just click the link. Uh, And I think here shortly, right now we have our digital workbook guides that are available, digital downloads. Um, they're beautiful. However, though, we will soon have hard copies. We will soon be in stores. We're working on some things, but you can get access right away. We didn't want to just do a pre-sale. We wanted to be able to, you know, right now during this time, help people if there was a way. So um, they, you, you do get direct access right away if you go ahead and get the book. Great. We will also link it in the show notes so that y'all can have easy access to it there. 
Um, go follow these guys. They're doing really amazing things in the world. Thank you, Chris, Eric, for being on. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank us. you. Appreciate it.